This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. This one is explicit. Hi, Elsie. Hi, Jess. How are you feeling? Have you? Oh, God. Dude, I'm going to be putting mute on like crazy because I'm still, I'm sure people can hear I'm still congested and I have lots of stuff happening. I've been like reamed by this little cold. Jeez. It's like a little, it's like a different Elsie kind of. It sort of is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, before we get started, I just want to thank ConnectEpic.com for being our sponsor for today's episode. And today we have lots of feedback we're going to go over and then some other interesting stuff, right? Yeah, we have lots of stuff to talk about today. Last week, or I guess if you're listening to this, it was two weeks ago, we did a webinar for Clamor. And um, the free recording was up for 48 hours, and now you can buy the tutorial and the slides for the low, 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 low price of $7.99. If you go to shepodcast.com forward slash shop, um, you can get the recording and learn all about Clamor. It has some really cool new features that allow you to like – from the website, that is, you can – like pull in your whole podcast episode and then just chop it up like right from the website. Super cool. So if you want to learn how to do that, um, shepodcast.com forward slash shop. And then we have another webinar coming up next week. Well, on the 30th. Um, And it's all about how to include your podcasting experience on LinkedIn, which like, I don't know about y'all, but I have no idea like how to put like, am I a host? Am I a producer? Do I just put like badass mamma jamma? Like I never know what to put on LinkedIn as far as like what I've done podcasting. So Karen Yankovich, who's a fellow she podcaster, she's been working on her podcast since the you know since the alpha year. But anyway, so um, <laughs> she hasn't quite got it up yet. But she's a busy, busy lady. She speaks about LinkedIn and she's a LinkedIn consultant, and she's going to be helping us learn what to do with LinkedIn. So that's the thirtieth at one p.m. and you can get that at shepodcast.com forward slash LinkedIn webinar. All right, now I'm done with the commercials. Yes, you're done with the commercials. And it's going to be really fun because that whole LinkedIn thing, I'm really intrigued by it. I've never been a LinkedIn girl, like at all, like zero. You have like a picture of you like doing like a um, like a yoga pose on your LinkedIn. No, I... I Which not, not that there's anything wrong with it. No, I it's actually... Just, not, so I have never it's had a... I've never had a, a my, 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 that a yoga picture on LinkedIn. What? I never I'm have had about. a yoga. I never have had a yoga picture on my LinkedIn. It was the only it is one on your that LinkedIn I LinkedIn right now. Not as my avatar. The heck it isn't. When's the last time you were even on there? What? I just changed it. What? Now I have to look. No, I'm see- and and I'm not doing a yoga. I'm telling you, I the picture that was on LinkedIn before wasn't me doing a yoga pose. It was the only one that I actually had a picture, like a headshot of me, like laughing. Oh, you did just change it. Yes, but yeah, that's the only thing I changed. You put the Elsie, this is the Hunter, I told you no. 
picture. Yes, this is the yes, this is the serious. I I don't know. I figured LinkedIn. You have to be like serious. Yes. So, yeah. Well, more serious. <laughs> this is my favorite one. So anyway, I'm really I'm I'm actually very very much very interested, and I have to say that this. Oh, and I'm gonna I'm actually gonna talk about this maybe later on as we get through all the content creation stuff. But I'm telling you, this whole cold business set me back like crazy because I, you know, my work is my voice kind of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it sucks right mm-hmm. now. Oh my God. I was thinking like, what if I was doing like an audio book? If you are doing voiceovers, the thing you do is you do this like throat coat tea. I mean, the show must go on. You just do it. But there's no way um, to get the sinuses out of my nose. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I know all yeah. the stuff to do. I've been doing it. But there was a point there where I honestly could barely speak. I could barely speak. Hopefully they have auto-tune. I mean, really. I mean, like, if it's, if it's a, like, for example, like, if you're in a play, you just do it and just sound nasal. Oh, but you're I right. Was, if you're doing taping for, like, a voiceover artist, yeah, they, they are, I listen to this, like, what to do. It's, it's very hard. They have to, like, not speak for a couple hours and then wear scarves a lot. They have to do all kinds of funky stuff for their voice. In order it was to insane. Get it to sound right. Yeah. I got laryngitis on like almost opening night of a show where I had to sing and I was a lead. And the woman who was running the show, she took me to a doctor. I got a shot. And then after that, I went to a homeopath and he gave me a little drinky drink that I had on stage with me the entire time. And every time I was going to cough, I had to swig it. And then I had to have those vitamin C tablets, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the chewable mm-hmm. kind. Yeah, I, had okay. to, I had to have one in my mouth every 15 minutes. And on the half hour, I had to take a zinc lozenger, like f- constantly through the mm-hmm. entire day. Um, and I was able to make it, actually. So. Those zinc lozenges taste like it's suck- you're sucking on nickels. They're terrible. Yeah. So I but hate them. It helped. It helped me like crazy. So they do help, but they're terrible. I but got laryn- my worst case of laryngitis, believe it or not, was like after my mom died because it wasn't exactly. I mean, even though she was sick, it wasn't expected, and so. I called my, – my sister was a little bit of a wreck. So like I was calling everyone and telling them that she died and the whole story and what happened oh, in her final minutes. And so by the time her funeral rolled around, which – I mean Jews bury the dead like pretty much right after they die. So it was only like three days. But by then I had nothing. I had no voice. I had zilcho. But somehow wow. I still was able to give the eulogy. You just kind of push – I mean I just really pushed through it. That was it. I mean somehow I had a voice – just long enough to do that. But, but I mean, while people were coming in, I was like, hi, how are you? Oh my gosh, that's horrible. I have nothing. It was terrible. <clears throat> it's terrible. Now I hurt myself. Now you just hurt yourself. I know when you're doing that, it's insane when you have to push through it like that. Thank God I, you know, didn't, but still. Holy hell. Okay, anyway, so let's get started here with some feedback from Taylor from Boss Girl Creative. And she got Mm -hmm. back to us uh, about how to get your hotel room under a different name, which we asked, Mm -hmm. not on last episode because that was just Jess, but the one before, was it? Yeah, the one before that. The one before that. So she says, Mm -hmm. so for me, I created an, an LLC in my name. And I do have a checking savings account in this name. So I do check in as Taylor Bradford, even though my driver's license has my real name on it. My credit card has my business name, which is my online name, and my real name. So there's a way to see that I am who I am on my driver's license. license. But I check in with my online name and 
she never books it with her real name. But wow. still, that doesn't really solve the. I mean, thanks, Taylor. We really appreciate that. Thank you yeah. so, so, so much. Soulful. I mean, that's fantastic. But I think a lot of us don't really have it set up. I guess. No, we, we don't. Really? Right? No, but you know, to be honest with you, a hotel doesn't care. They don't care whose credit card it is. Just that you have one. Just that you have one. Mm-hmm. They don't really. I mean, you could. That's why people can book as Fred Flintstone and use like a different credit card. They don't care. Nah. You All can right. still book the name under whatever you want. Maybe that's the solution. Not, I'm never. I would never do it though. I would get too confused with myself. But I guess if I needed to, I totally would do it. But yeah. good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Thanks, Taylor. And then we have another big piece of feedback, actually, and this is from Redacted. Yeah. Do you want me to read it so you don't hurt your voice? Oh, you can go ahead and read this first part. Okay. He writes, excellent episode, ladies. It'll be interesting to see if the next She Podcast talks about what happens after the dust settles. In some cases, is it even possible for the parties involved to hit reset, start fresh with a new understanding, move forward and conduct business, or is the better solution to just terminate any and all communication? And he's referring to if you've been creeped out by someone you know online, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you have something like this happens with somebody else and you are the person that has yeah, like, made somebody else Elsie feel uncomfortable. Elsie was stalking me, right? Yeah, if I was if, stalking well, you and you were like, Elsie. Like that time Lewis Howes was stalking me. Exactly. And we got through it. No, I'm just <laughs> but then, yeah, but you know, and you say like, you know what, whatever, you, you draw your boundaries and I'm like, oh, okay, sorry about that, Jess. I didn't know I was crossing them. But yeah, thank you for letting me know and I feel like really bad and whatever, you know, or whatever. So when do I reach back out to Jess is basically the question here. When do I? I mean, if it was me, you know, my preference would be never. The thing is you can't. Okay. Tr- Wait, no. I mean, if it was you... The the one that's receiving and the receiving end or the one yes. on the – okay. The stalker needs to stay away. I just would be done. Okay. But I'm the type that's just done. I mean some people – like my mother-in-law is like this where like she has relationships for life. She's still friends with the same ladies since like first, second grade. Like whereas like I on the other hand, I just move the heck on. Like I don't need to stay friends with all the people I've ever met in my life. But I also have mo- – you know, she – I don't know. I, I think it just depends on the person. Like another, like my sister-in-law, actually my husband. In fact, everyone I know but me really keeps the same friends like forever. He has the same friends from Hebrew school. But they, but on the other hand, they've all always lived in the same place. Whereas like I moved in sixth grade. Then I, you know, then I went to a different school out of state. I mean, I hang on to one or two and I'm friendly with people, but I don't like have dinner with the same people I've been having dinner with since I was 12. I just don't. And like, I don't feel the need if someone has irritated me to the point where I needed to give them a confrontation. I just don't want to deal with them anymore. Period. I just don't want that friendship anymore because I have a very long tolerance for being irritated with other people because I'm not usually, I know this is hard to believe listeners. I'm not usually the weird, eccentric, annoying one in a relationship. <laughs> I am in this relationship with you probably, Elsie. But, <laughs> but in general, I attract those people because I think I'm logical and you know normal. So I have a really long tolerance for that. So like if, if there's someone who's really out there that I can't handle for whatever reason, they call too much, they want to see me too much, they get irritated if I can't see them, like we're not friends anymore. I cannot deal and we're done. What about you? Are you the kind of person that can forgive like that and be like, okay, we'll hang out again? Like, 
maybe we'll go bike riding and then you never do. Or like, well, do you we're just talking, like, no, we're I think done. we're talking about two different things though, Jess, because we're talking stalker time here. We're not talking like friends that you got pissed off at or were I know, annoying you. This I know is, that. You know, I never really hung out with my stalkers. <sighs> I know, but I'm Ever. using stalker right. on a more minimal level because I'm trying to illustrate that, you know, these things happen. I guess what I'm trying to say is on a minimal level, if someone I feel like is just too much in general, I don't want to hang out with them anymore. So you can imagine if someone was stalking me that I would want them to get the hell away and stay the hell away because that's a, that's a level of irritation that is so much worse than just someone who calls you too much or bothers you too much. Like I just want them away. I just want them to go away. That's what I mean. That's why I know we are talking about two separate things. But I'm asking you about the friendship thing because I feel like those people are the types of people that can be like, okay, yeah, we can go back to working together now that you've stopped harassing the crap out of me. I can't. I can't. Right. Yeah. So does that make sense? I mean, you're right. I was. I changed the subject a little, but just to illustrate, you know, that that if I don't can't tolerate this, I definitely can't tolerate that. That's why. I guess I should have clarified that. I, I'm sure. Yes. I. I don't think I've ever gone back to hanging out with stalker type of feelings people. of people that yeah. I've had. I've basically cut the cord and and I've you know done. I'm done. And if there were to be like another, I don't know, another bit of engagement with them in some way, I would consider having a conversation or a mild interaction online around seven to eight years later. <laughs> well, gee. Well, gee, right? By then they could just drive their hovercraft over to our house. Right. No, because I was just thinking, I'm like, you know what? I did kind of have a little... I had a stalker guy person in when I was teaching yoga, but I, but it was a real life person who started to come to my classes a lot. And I cannot remember what I did. I, I have a feeling I told the studio owner about the person. And it, there was always this like sort of like wanting to hang out yeah. more than necessary every single time I came out of class. And I felt like, oh, my God. And I, I think that I was pretty clear with this person that I was like, okay, no. And I think when I was very clear, they sort of disappeared. And so I was thinking like, what if this, I can't even remember this person's name or what he looked like or anything about it. But let's say mm -hmm. he came back into my life some way, like, like you found me on Facebook. And I did remember him. And I would consider an exchange. I'm not sure I would make him my friend though. You know, I don't know if I would friend yeah. him on Facebook. So I'm not sure I would I would go out of my way uh, to to say, yes, we are friends. But I don't mind if he followed me, I guess. But you wouldn't mind if they saw your posts? Well, if they followed me, because, you know, what am I going to do on Twitter? Am I going to go to Twitter and block every single one of his handles? Am I going to go to Instagram and block yes. every single person who follows yes. me on Instagram? I mean... How do I no, know? Just you know? I don't even know what their handles are. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. So I was dating this guy. His name was also Scott when I met my current husband, Scott. And I don't know, for one reason or another, I broke up with the first Scott and started going out with my husband. And then a couple months into it, the first Scott was like, you know, he would always come back and say, like, I want to be friends. And I was like, oh, well, you know, fine. We can be friends. No problem. And then that would last about two days and then it's, I need to see you. When can I see you? I want to see you. We have to get back together. I miss you. I love you. I have to be with you. And I was just be like, don't call me anymore. You're out of your mind. 
And then every like eight months, this dude would pop up and do the same stuff. Hi, I'm, you know, how are you? I just want to be friends. I need help with a website. And I'd be like, oh, you do, huh? Well, there's a lot of web designers out there. You don't need me. And so on and so forth. And it would start and I would fall for it every time. Every time I'd be like, okay, we can be friends. And it would last 48 hours until he was nudging me to see me every five minutes. And I was scared to death that my husband would find out that I was talking to him because he was because he had such a stalking history that he was just like, you can't talk to this guy anymore because he's creepy. And also he was a little jealous, but mostly it was because he was creepy. And so I would agree. And then he would sound so pathetic. I don't know. I just kept, first of all, you know, egomaniac like me, like anytime someone wants to talk to me because they like me, I'm in. <laughs> Can't help myself. Dude. I know. But it was such a mistake. So after the third or fourth, after, you know, and I had been married already. This was years. It took like five years for him to permanently go away because Basically, I was just like, no, we're not going to be friends. I cannot be friends with you. Don't call me again. Block the number. I mean, I, we're, he's not blocked on social media because he finally stopped, finally stopped bothering me. But it was after I was married like five years. And so this is why you have to terminate communication because it's like, oh, sure, you can you can go back. But I think the temptation for the stalker is too great. They get addicted to you again. They have to talk to you every second. Then they need to see you. Then they need to kiss you. And then it's like, get away from me. I can't stand you. And I never saw this person again after we broke up. I never laid eyes on him again. But the pushing, 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 pushing. It was it, relentless. I know. I, I know. Now I am an egomaniac, right? Because you guys are just like, yeah, right. Like any guy, whatever. But no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. I, I, but I, 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 no, hear, just... I, I, hear, I hear that as well. And I don't know if that's. My think, sense as a as a person no. as a, the receiving end is that I it takes too much for the receiver of the stalker ish I don't know whatever that is that would be like us to mm-hmm. compare to to make little little bits of room to make sure like, it's too much energy all over you know the, the boundaries are kind of uh, too frayed uh, to be able once to, you know a person has a boundary problem i feel like that person needs to step aside that's my opinion because like you said yeah it's just too much energy to to try and keep them at bay it's exhausting exactly it and that's what it is it is exhausting from the other side because you have to navigate what the boundaries are even more and and actually he alludes to this later on here in terms of energy for himself as well but yeah, it becomes like, is this an okay thing? Should it just be a one once a day contact or is once a month contact? What It just becomes too much. So it's like, it's better to be like, nope, it's done. They're there. I'm here. That's it. So what's anyway. sad is that like, I mean, we could talk about the rest of his feedback and basically he's saying as a dude, you know, he's... Uh, bubbly and gregarious and and enthusiastic and now he feels like he kind of has to like wonder if he's going overboard with people so he doesn't like scare them off and actually that's sad because there's another gentleman who listens to the show who I was working with on the side and our relationship was perfectly fine until we had this discussion you and I Elsie and then he was like now I'm worried that you're gonna think I'm like you know, because I said something about like a guy in his fifties in the train station, and you were like, tell, told him me, you would tell him to back off, and he was like, dude, I'm a guy in my fifties, and I was like, yes, but you're not a stranger, first of all, and second of all, I'm not the one that's freaked out by people. Ask Elsie. <laughs> you're so funny. You know, like I, 
<laughs> like, I, I, don't forget, I'm the one who's comfortable. But really, I mean, I don't think that you and I mean for men to like not be enthusiastic or bubbly or fanboyish or even complimentary or anything when we're when we're in public. I don't think we want fans to like get a hold of themselves in any way. I just think that there's a difference between that and what hotel room are you in? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a question that you don't need to know. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Is yeah. your husband here? Right. <laughs> you know, you don't need to know that one either. There's also a line that we have and I think that there's there's obviously because I wasn't I'm saying married because that's the basically what's happening here, but Married is close enough. You, you know, you have a family or I have a family. I have a family, I have children. I have a relationship. It's very strong. It's a much very different feeling than when you are in your 20s or in your early 30s and you're dating, even if you have a boyfriend. It's very Mm -hmm. different, that sensation. For me, there is absolutely a boundary. There is like, this is where I belong. This is the bubble and this is it. Like there's, there's no miscommunication. There's no, oh, let's... There's no nothing in between there that could be misconstrued. It's like, this is where I belong, period. So mm-hmm. that's what I feel now. I didn't feel like that when I was in my 20s. The signals that I was putting out in my 20s were all different. It's like, it it mm-hmm. was just open and happy and like that, gregarious and excited and yay and you know, yeah, of course that there were there there's like energy that I'm putting out that could be possibly misconstrued or had been because of what I was doing. And so I think that there's a level there where we have to be grown up. You just have to put your you have to grow up and you have to deal with your own self. And if you you know, and, and for myself even now, it's like I'm a grown up now. I don't have time for this anymore. You're crossing my boundary, you're done. Right. Mm-hmm. And even exactly. for the other side of the equation, too, let's say let's say I wasn't uh, in a relationship and I was totally, I don't know, getting into somebody else's business. I also have to own that up for myself. I'm a grown woman. I need to be able to read other people and I need to be able to say, like, even though I'm excited and open and all this kind of stuff to know when they're like feeling a little bit like, uh, I don't know, you, you err on the side of chill out. With people right. as a whole, particularly if they're in any kind of other relationship or if they are in the in a, I don't know, if the, something else, that they're involved with something else that is um, serious, like a business, they work, we're working, they're working somewhere. Like, you know, you don't go over to a restaurant and see the waitress and expect that waitress to be your friend all, every single time. That's her job. She has no way to leave. Every time you come and sit at the table at her station, she has to come and serve you. So she's right. going to say, hi, how are you? And she's going to be nice because it's her job. Right. It doesn't mean she's your best friend. And that's the only reason. It's like thinking strippers are into you. Right. Not that we're strippers. We just, I think we all have to be grown up. We just have to grow up. It's, that's it. Yeah. So anyway, but he does have. Elsie says, "Grow the hell up, (laughs) bitches!" For all of us, not just. I'm not. I'm not saying you know. For all of us, we all need to. We all need to grow up. Not be wishy washy about. (laughs) Yeah, put your big girl panties on and tell people what you think, aka (laughs) Elsie. 
All right, Jess, do you want to continue with the rest of this or like kind of summarize the other couple of... I feel like we did. All right. I want to thank him for sending that in, but... Yes, thank you so much. I don't know. I think the other part is not relevant. All right. Now, I feel like we're talking about an inside joke no one else gets. (laughs) (sighs) Basically, he had been assaulted and stalked by an ex-boyfriend as well, someone's ex-boyfriend and... He ended up having to get a different address, which is interesting, but not relevant to our. Well, okay. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, but he was is just it? talking. I mean, if it, no, it go is where because he says on a related note, I already had been using an alternate mailing address for years at that time, and it came in handy when the, the you know the stalker mail mailed a money order to pay for you know medical bills and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so got it. that's what he was talking about. We were talking about alternate addresses, alternate mailboxes, and it actually did come in handy at that time because he didn't got he it. needed to have things sent and um you know obviously that wasn't exactly where he lived, which is really great. Um, Smart, so yeah. yes, and and then he also mentions that you know communication is a two way street, uh, and, and so if you need to say something, don't postpone it in hopes that things will get resolved on their own somehow. You got to just again grow up, deal with it on the spot, be straight up. Don't be wishy washy about oh, but I, but you're so sweet. No, you're done. So, yeah. all right, we have a little another bit of feedback. We started the conversation in again that same episode that we talked about that. With us talking about the things that we do with me tapping on the phone and all that stuff and and Jess, what were you doing again? Oh, plucking your eyebrows for gosh's sake. Yeah, so, I pluck my eyebrows. Heather Ordover, <laughs> she sent us some killer feedback, some like super audio feedback here about that stuff that we're doing. It totally has a name. So let's uh, have Heather uh, give that information to you guys. Hello, Jess and Elsie. It is Heather Ordover from the Craft Lit Podcast, and I am here to tell you that what you are talking about at the, well, near the beginning of your most recent episode actually has a name. You know, that thing that either painting your nails or flipping mindlessly through your phone or doing something that, Elsie, I think you said compulsive with your hands. That's actually a thing. And I've been writing a book about it And I have a talk that I'm actually giving in London on October 18th about it. Because it is important to knitters and crocheters and doodlers. It's called cognitive anchoring. And it's what your brain needs in order to be able to listen. Smart people have a lot of bandwidth in their brain available to them. And if you don't take up all the bandwidth, your brain will use it up for you by making grocery lists or thinking about when you're going to take your kids to the pool or figuring out who you have to pick up first in the long list of pickups during the end of the day. That's what your brain does. And so if you can keep that part of your brain, that monkey mind, active and occupied by doing something repetitive and mindless, it actually helps you listen. And remember, knitters will tell you when they've made a sweater or a shawl. They can remember what they were watching or listening to at certain points in their sweater. It's just what our brains do. I have a website called Cognitive Anchoring, all one word, cognitiveanchoring.com, where you can find out more about the phenomenon. And actually, Elsie, there's a whole mindfulness segment to the cognitive anchoring thing, too, that attaches directly to yoga and meditation. So you can find out more about it at my other site. Thank you so much for your podcast. You guys are awesome. And I learn so much from you all the time. And I tell all my friends to listen to. I hope you're doing well. Going back to Sense and Sensibility on Craftlet. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Heather. That was awesome. Girlfriend's and writing a whole book about it. 
a whole book. Who knew? So cognitive anchoring, now you know. And so I sent back a, a message to her after that, and I said, does that count for like eating, like chewing your nails or like, you know, ripping your yeah. cuticles, which is what I do? She said, if you are focused on something and it's that's when you're doing it, then yes. And then she gave me a little tip. Like driving. Wait, you, you don't chew your cuticles when you're driving, do you? A lot of people do. Yeah. When you're driving? I pick at them sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Well, that's interesting. Um, okay. Well, see, so she gave me a tip. I mean, it depends on how long I'm driving, but yeah, go ahead. Um, the little tip is that it, whenever I start to want to chew my cuticles or my nails, to use this crazy Aaron's thinking putty. And it's kind of like silly putty, but on steroids. Oh, I love that stuff. I know. It's $12. I have like eight tons of that stuff because my kids used it in school. They were allowed to use it because they were so fidgety. Yeah. So then I have I have oh. some because I bought some for my kids too. We have some on, in storage, but um, I just found it. And so I've been messing around with it. It's hard because sometimes I go, where's my, I find myself with fingers and mouth and I'm like, oh, where's my putty? And I have to go find it. So I'm trying to find ways to use it. But anyway, I have it with me now. It's really awesome. You, should, you guys should check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. I make bubbles with it. It's so awesome. I end up folding it in half and snapping bubbles like gum. Yeah, I was just doing that and I thought, I can't play with it now when we're recording because it'll pop. <laughs> yeah, it pops. It popped like two times. Plop, pop. Next topic. Hipster Barbie. Yes. Let's talk about Hipster Barbie. So Hipster Barbie. mocks every annoying person on Instagram and basically somebody just posed a Barbie in every classic Instagram BS photo. <laughs> so funny. Oh uh, what is the, the actual, it's social, it's socialty, socality Barbie, S-O-C-A-L-I-T-Y Barbie on Instagram. It's very funny. If you want to actually follow her. It's a BuzzFeed article and it's called the hit, this hipster Barbie account perfectly mocks every annoying person on Instagram. And so it's really a, a fabulous, fabulous post make commenting on, I think not, not just Instagram, of course it is Instagram, but commenting on social media as a whole. And mm -hmm. what we see that everything in some way gets elevated to such a degree that it just no longer seems real anymore. At least for me. Mm -hmm. You know, when I see some of some pictures that I've seen on Instagram are so beautifully, I guess, laid out that it becomes mm -hmm. less of a, oh, yeah, I have that. And it's more of a, holy cow, I suck. Well, I'm not saying I suck, but I'm saying, really? Your life really is like that? Because it just doesn't seem real to me. There's so much like that that just does not seem real to me. And there are some accounts that are like, that I follow that are uh, artistic accounts, photographers, things like that. That completely makes sense to me because that's their work and they do a lot of really wonderful work. Um, people who work with crafts, people who do a lot of, of that kind of stuff, which I follow because of that inspiration. But I'm mm -hmm. finding that there's less of that now in the other Instagram accounts as well, where there's no real anymore. Everything seems so pruned, so pruned up and so beautiful that it's sort of, I just feel completely detached and it doesn't feel real to me. What do you think? I know. I agree. I'm just looking in my Instagram feed right now just to see like 
Yeah, I mean, first one up is Leonie Dawson with her, you know, she's got a picture of herself in a flowy dress in a garden with a sunbeam shining on her beautiful golden curls. Yep, it's exactly right. Oh, and then, of course, there's Liz D'Alto on an airplane. Keeping it real, Liz. I know. See, Liz is – I love Liz's because Liz is totally keeping it real. Like, she's got beautiful posts, but there's a lot of them that are just like, here's the – there's just so much – so much random – it's just – that's why I love her account because it is her. It's her account. Yeah. And you can see that it's real life. But then underneath, you know, Danielle Laporte with, like, henna all over somebody's pregnant – belly and like then there's one of like an office and like the serenity of red and tulips like (laughs) so annoying well because yeah yeah it's just i think it becomes a little bit too like i feel like i can't relate and then it feels really you can't the the pressure of having to post something that's so beautiful you know there's i look around my house right now and i'm like there's nothing that i'm gonna take a picture of in my house that looks that beautiful like aesthetically pleasing magazine-y type beautiful. I see beauty in yeah. the chaos of my house. I see beauty in the mess. I'm actually, see- there's so there's so many. It's actually nauseating now that I'm looking through my feed, like beautiful breakfasts and like sunny mornings on porches. Like it's kind of like if we did this on Facebook, like I would want to kill myself on a daily basis. Thank God Facebook is for like – words i mean i know people post images but it's not as nauseating for some reason yeah there's less i think on facebook there's there's less it's less curated because usually what happens on facebook is if you take pictures of your kid you're going to put up all five pictures of your kid whereas on instagram you right. curate to the best picture of your kid you crop it you make it nice so it looks put a the filter best. yeah yes so there's all kinds of stuff like that and and i'm not saying that i don't like instagram i actually really still enjoy Instagram, but I've, I've been feeling overwhelmed nowadays, especially, and, and I know this might be changing the conversation a little bit, but it seems like there's a lot more people now that are liking my pictures that are not really people who really want to like my pictures. They just want me to follow them because they're following a specific hashtag. What the hell does that mean? They're following a hashtag. So then like every, like I'll, and it's really kind of making me slightly angry now. Every time in the morning, let, let's say I'll open up my, it's the only time I really check Instagram is in the mornings and I wake, I wake up and I look at, and the first thing that happens is notifications. And there's been time when I've been getting like 23 loves and, you know, a couple of comments here and there and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of people. That's really weird because I haven't been posting much. And then I go look to see the notifications and it's two people have given me 23 likes. And then the mm-hmm. comments are always like, cool, nice, great post or a thumbs up, Ugh. you know, and it's the same people and they're just following a hashtag and that's it. Yeah. It's the same people over and over again. It's driving me crazy. So it just seems like if you like pictures, like them because you like them. That's just, anyway, that's just for me. Yeah, I agree. But also my whole thing is full of baby. The whole thing is baby and mash, like and food. <laughs> and mashed potatoes. Yeah, I have like a mashed potatoes and then like a sandwich from the deli. But mostly it's just food. I rarely post on Instagram. In fact, there's a ton of it I could just delete because it's so non-relevant. You know, but anyway, yes. And so, so here, this is why I was thinking that having that, that hipster Barbie, the reason that I, that I really enjoyed that is because there comes a point where you don't really need to be taking a picture of yourself every single time and posting it online. 
to connect with people and especially to make it so above and beyond what you are. And I've been feeling sort of like this with this whole Periscope, Meerkat, Blab, like live streaming stuff that's been happening a lot. And this also plays into the privacy information. And what I've been feeling a resistance to lately is that we are so front-facing in our businesses and what we're doing that I feel that we're losing a lot of internal energy. It's all out, out. You're putting out. You're putting more out. Everything's out. And nothing is in. Like there's no time to self-reflect. There's no time to just be okay. It just seems like we're no longer alive if we're not putting something out online, if we're not putting something up on Twitter, if we're not saying on Facebook, hey, I just got my nails clipped. You know, it just seems like everybody needs <laughs> to know everything and we no longer have a filter as to when you really need to turn back inside. We don't always have to be having a movement. We don't always have to be doing and offering things out to people. So anyway, that's like a little bit of my thought process. What do you think about those apps, Jess? I thought Periscope was cool at the beginning because I could thought like people would be showing me the whole world. I didn't realize it was just going to be like my Periscope show about how to do Periscope live at nine. Like, thanks, but no thanks. So I'm over that. Blab, you and I, I think, wanted to do a Blab show. And I still think it would be fun. But um, I don't want to get dressed every day and do it. Like, I just don't want to. That's how I feel about that. I do agree with you. I think that the Blab stuff is something that's intriguing for me. Although... The hard part about Blab for me or any of these is that I don't want to commit to a schedule. For me, it's like if I'm going to be in these, it's going to be spur of the moment kind of stuff. Because adding another Mm -hmm. thing to my schedule is not something I want to do. So, and like there was someone this weekend who had to like do their blab show in the car because they were speak like they were coming to the Mid Atlantic podcast movement, but because they had like a show every X at 5 p.m., he was like having to do it like. I don't know, like in the car on the way because that's his schedule. Like it's it's militant. You can't miss it. I don't know. The concept of something not happening to you unless you post it I think is a personal choice. I think once you recognize that that's happening to you, you can stop doing it. I wish more people would stop doing it because as soon as I recognized it was happening to me, I was just like – okay, yeah, this isn't not going to be my life. I cannot post every single thing that happens to me. But I do post when I think stuff's funny or when I make mistakes. Like I still post sometimes. But like if I go to the mall and get a shirt, I'm not posting a picture of my shirt from, you know, or me at Nordstrom, you know, the beautiful Nordstrom bathroom. It's just stupid. (laughs) But um, I don't know. Like I wish it wasn't that way. (sighs) I don't know. I wish it wasn't that way. And, And I am a huge advocate of when you're at an event to put your crap away and stop what's the word documenting every second of every event that people do yes and yes i took pictures this weekend of like a niece and kathleen because they were speaking and they're part of our you know and i wanted to capture that for them but i didn't take a picture of every single thing we did the whole day i certainly didn't you know take a picture of the lunch or about us sitting you know just whatever yes i agree with you i hate when i'm at a wedding and and like bitches be right behind the wedding photographer trying to get that shot <laughs> you know like i gotta sit on the aisle so i can take great pictures for the bride in case the what in case the guy she's paying two thousand dollars messes it up no one needs you in your iphone pictures cut it out stop it so you can get a pretty picture for your well, instagram like get over it it's ridiculous it's just something that i've been thinking a lot about for myself and it's 
and it and from for me as a whole, I've been looking at everything that I am online as a story curation and how you curate the kind of information that you do want to have out in the world, not in a in a way that is I guess it's it's a balance between the brand look, you know, and the brand uh, voice and Mm -hmm. who you really are in the world and the things that you really do care about and a balance between doing things that that you're doing for a specific reason. Because I could absolutely see Gary. And and in fact, I do. We're going to discuss a little bit more after we, we get off here uh, of some ideas to incorporate She Podcasts a little bit more and, and have She Podcasts be seen uh, at different times a little bit better. And I have ideas for that that I think are going to be amazing for using these platforms. But it's not just about, hey, let's just start a new Periscope or Meerkat or Blab. Like even right now, I still, I mean, I sent you a picture of what I look like <laughs> because I was sick. Yes, you did. Honestly, you're still photogenic. It's disgusting. There's still no way that I could just get behind a camera and not feel completely awkward because my nose is all crusty and red and swollen. My eyes have guck coming out of them. I'm hacking. You know, when I'm in behind the microphone here, at least you can hear that I'm a little bit, you know, I've got mucus in my nose, but I can mute the hacks. I can mute me moving mm-hmm. apart away from the microphone. It's just not okay. And I think it also, I also do feel that there's something that happens when the camera's on you. It's ener- it pulls your energy so much. It pulls so much out of you that I don't feel, I don't think people are really noticing that. It's so much. And then the interaction between the people that are there. Yes, it could be very uplifting, but also it borders on the side that, you know, if people don't come to your blab, then you, then what? Or if people don't come to your periscope and give you little hearts, then what? Do you, are you less than? It just seems that we start to equate then that kind of um, people liking you based upon the little hearts that you're getting. And it could be self-defeating. And it's also, mm-hmm. you know, how much are you revealing about yourself that you really perhaps shouldn't do? Like how good are you behind the mic or behind the camera? Because there's times when you might be revealing stuff that you probably shouldn't have done it or you know what I mean even though it seems like oh you'd be raw you have to be open no no not really you don't you you totally don't and I am also not okay with the lack of control there's a certain lack of control when you're alive like that you don't that you don't really quite know what's going on either the camera's on you and you don't have a, a you know I don't know a bird could poop on my head or my daughter could once again come in, in which is what she did the last time I did a live periscope and, or you can have somebody come in the room that you're not, that's completely unexpected. What do you do like on the fly on a live space like that? I just, I like to have a little more control about what I put out rather than, okay, there it is. That's, that was it. So those are just my thoughts. And I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. I know that, that we have some ladies on the community that are totally in love with Periscope, like insane in love with Periscope, where it's like a daily thing that they do. And I have no idea how they do that. It would drain my energy so much. But then maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not that person. So Yeah. I like what you said about it being story curation. But I also feel like that's genuine as well. And then you're, you're still – it's like if the story is controlled – I mean all of it is controlled. 
we can put ourselves out to be like the most successful person in the world. Like I could convince people that I won the lottery and I have a million dollars and none of it could be true. And I could do it in three days and everyone would be happy for me and then start asking me to donate to shit immediately. It would happen. But like, I feel like story curation is, I just wish that people would just be like totally honest. I don't know. You know, I'm like looking at my feed trying to like get, gather my thoughts and I have so many that I can't even like put them into decent frame of mind. Like there's one person on my feed who like every day has like a self-reflection every morning. Like marriage is hard. We had this fight and this happened and that happened and here's my life lesson for the day. And I don't know that I necessarily want to know that. But on the other hand, I, some guy's just like, hey, this guy let me charge my iPhone with his charger at the airport that, you know, kindness of strangers. I don't need to know that. So then it's like, well, what do I want to see on there? And I don't know. What are you talking about? Uh, are you watching Periscope right now? Like on Facebook, for example. No, oh, no. Facebook. Like, like, okay. on fa- like just on Facebook. And so I don't know. Is it just that I'm not following people that I care to know their news? Or is it just that I have, you know, am I following too many people? Or do I, I mean, are you, is it just like. I don't know. I, w- I wish Facebook was just like kind of like what I wish Periscope was, like just a little peek into your life that wasn't so controlled and curated. Like I want to know if you have a run in your stocking. I want to know if you're running late and almost hit a bird. I want to know like that kind of stuff. I want to know if you're disgusted with Facebook. I just want to know. I don't want to know like about the kindness of strangers all the time or your self-reflection all the time or your beautiful sunbeam on your coffee cup all the time <laughs> it's just old it gets just tired and old i want people to be real and talk about what they're really thinking about and what they're really afraid of and what really makes them laugh even if it's mean <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah i and- want people to be real and i is i feel like it's so hard for people to just be themselves i think that's what i'm talking about for when i when i'm talking about curating the story that you want to tell i'm not talking about it from a brand advisor because I am not that. You are that. I am not that. I am not talking about it from that perspective. I'm talking about it from a very human perspective. I'm talking about it from a very personal perspective, from a very genuine perspective, which is what you're asking about. So it's like if you look out there, is that really you? Is is that the reality of your world? Is that really who you are? And is that how you want to be seen in the world that, you know, that reflects with who you are without having to polish every little bit and piece here and there, right? That's, I think, more my question or my, when I talk about story curation, it's about, it's based on that. It is based on kind of like the the real raw qualities of what we are capable of doing as human beings to connect with each other. I just feel that there's a lot of time when we don't even think about that when we're dealing with social media. There is so much energy that we're expending outside, again, moving out instead of really just taking stock of why you're doing what you're doing. We don't always have Mm -hmm. to have a movement. There's so much that can happen when we turn in than if we just keep on spewing it out. And like, I don't know, like for me, it's been a challenge to see when I want to write an update about Mm -hmm. something that just happened, because I want to know why I want to do that. You know, how, how is that serving me? And so I keep asking myself, because there were many times when I was sick that I really just wanted to get on Twitter and just be like, oh my God, you know, like I'm dying 
You know, it's like stuff like there were times when I really just wanted somebody like some to put out something. And I realized that it was because that it wasn't uh, for any other reason other than because I didn't know what else to do. It wasn't I was mm-hmm. looking for support. I wasn't looking to connect with anything. And it was easier for me to then instead of going online and writing about how sick I am and how, how do you guys solve a cough? How do you, you know, and for me to be able to ask the community how to take care of myself, how about I lie down on my own bed and how about I breathe and take care of myself and pay attention to how, what I'm doing and pay attention to the world that I live in and make, you know, choices based upon that. Nobody else could give me an answer based on that. So, yeah, right. I don't know. It was just something that I just thought. And just the other day I was thinking like, why do I want to do that? And I had to stop myself. I did not wear a bra when I was out the other day. And I was like, I have to put that on Twitter. It feels so great to not have one. And then I'm like, why am I doing that? Why would I want to do that? Why would you want to do that? So that people get to know the real you and the things you think. What's wrong with that? I'd rather know that than that you were inspired by X, Y, and Z all the time. Well, I didn't. I had it. I'd rather know that you're happy to not wear a bra or that you even have that capability, unlike the rest of us. Yeah, that's true. I was like, I, and that's what I thought too. I'm like, I am so lucky that most people won't even notice. Yeah. I am so lucky. Yeah. I totally, I, that's what I felt. But then at the same time, I'm like, is that kind of the conversation? Well, that I think you should say. But I was like, that's not the conversation that I want to be having on social media. That's just not the place. See, I think it is. That's not the place to have it. I think it is. I think it is the place to have it. And I know that your whole thing, this is why we make a good team is because your whole thing is like connection and mindfulness and um, community and like what, you know, being so mindful about what everything you do, what you eat, what you put out in the world, everything. You know, I'm kind of the opposite of that. I kind of am just, I just kind of like constantly throwing spaghetti at the wall. Sometimes I have to peel it off. Sometimes I let it stick. I don't know. I think both things work. But I feel like when people are so mindful, I feel like their entire social media presence is selling me something. Even if it's just that persona that they're selling, it's still a sale. It's convinced and they're convincing real hard that they're this persona and not just them. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be sold a persona. I want to know that you aren't wearing a bra, yippity skippity. Because <laughs> it's because it's genuine, it's right? Not and it's, mindful. But, Sometimes not not being mindful is what invites people in. And my question is when when how to discern when to do that properly for yourself when and you, to make those if you choices. Feel comfortable. Well, if it right. makes you uncomfortable, don't do it. For example, I have short hair. If I didn't do it today, I don't want to go on Periscope because that makes me uncomfortable. I'm not doing any selfies with my hair all crazy because it makes me uncomfortable. But, you know, if I have it done, if I don't have any makeup on, that I'm okay with. I'm cool with being makeup free as long as my hair isn't crazy looking because otherwise I look like Albert Einstein all the time. It's just bad. You know, so for me, it's the hair, not the makeup. For some people, they could have their hair in like the crappiest bun ever, but have a face full of makeup and then they would go on Periscope. Or, you know, if you don't want to tell people about your bra situations because it makes you feel weird, then don't do it. But if you're totally cool with everyone knowing that, put it up. That's my gauge anyway. I think that that's something that people don't really do. I, I agree. There's the, either the too much curation, which is what you're talking about. And it's just something that I've been thinking about too with the promotion for She Podcasts and the promotion for She Podcasts on the 
on Twitter too, you know, for my own personal account. Cause usually on Twitter, I don't promote anything. I mean, not, not because I don't want to, but because it feels like that's more me rather than a promotional yeah. tool. So I'm like, Hmm, how do I feel about this for myself? Like, how do I feel about, uh, promoting when I promote and it's a different schedule. Like I feel there's a difference between promoting this, this stuff on she podcast as a whole and promoting she podcast stuff on our own personal accounts. And it's a different voice. Would you concur with that? Because it's slightly different. Yeah. And it's also, you know, whenever, whenever you start to think about that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, what are you comfortable with? And not just go with it. If somebody said you need to be, you know, tweeting out every 10 minutes or whatever. Um, just because somebody said that's the best time frame that you're supposed to do it. That's what I'm talking about curation in terms of, you know, the story that you want to put out there from that perspective. Because I don't think we question this stuff very much. I don't think we do. I think it's just like, oh, just do it. Or I need to do, make it perfect. It has to line up and do, you know, be like this. So it's just a balance. If you're a I big feel. corporation, then yeah, I do think it has to line up and be like this. I think it's a difference between them. It can a, still be fun. Of course. It can still be fun. But a business is a bit, I mean, a corporation business account is completely different than a personal account, I feel. Completely different. I have complete yeah, different expectations for that. Have we just nailed this shut now, this conversation? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think so. It's funny because in our show notes, it says there's a lack of control that I'm not okay with. That's your note. Yeah, that's my note. And I think that's so interesting because I'm sitting here going, less control, please. Stop controlling all your messages, you psychos, and just say what you think. Right. Well, see, I think, and I'm totally the different. Yeah. The reason that I was talking there's a lack of control that I'm not okay with is due to the live part of something that when you put out there, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable. And maybe this is a totally personal experience. I feel a lot more comfortable recording like this that we are doing right now, having the opportunity to then edit afterwards and then make it in a nice, beautiful little bun, uh, you know, with a little bow on it. Not, not a bun, but I guess it could be a bun, but it would have a, a bow on it and it's <laughs> nice. And we were able right. to hear, like I can hear it and I can see like, okay, that's the product that we're putting out there. Whereas if we were recording this live, I would feel like I'd be more conscious of the interaction that's coming up, you know, unexpected things that happen when they're live. Oh, I'm sorry. The internet went down. Um, Jess will be right back. Elsie will be right back. Oh, my daughter needs to go to the bathroom. I'm sorry, Jess. I'm going to have to have you take over. You know, there's just a lot of stuff that's happening there that I don't think I'm okay with for a proper show. If it was just mm-hmm. us talking and getting on Periscope or Blab to have whatever, then I'm good with that. I'm cool. Mm. I'm cool with doing it like that because there's that. But if it's going to be a proper thing, I just feel there's too many variables in there. You don't have – even like the live shows that you see on air, I think that there's a bit of you know cutting and pasting so that it looks nicer and better. Well, of course. Yeah. And, you know, and but, Periscope is also live. I think that there's a difference between live. I think that's where the biggest benefit is, is in the live interaction. I don't feel it merits too much in the replay. This conversation is happening because you're the kind of podcaster that needs bulleted show notes script. And I'm the kind. Oh, totally. That just turns on record and starts talking. 
this is why you approach social media like that and I approach social media like that because my approach is friggin' wing it and your approach is mindful conversation that flows but with a direction. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so it sounds like how you do your show notes is how you approach social media. Oh my God, you're right. That's my scientific conclusion. I think so, it's too. It's crazy, but it's true, right? I would like to know if you guys are listening. Do you yeah. approach social media the way you do your show notes? I want to know. Are you super <gasps> Are you that super mindful crazy. and controlling about it? Or do you just post whatevs and your show notes and your pre-show notes are whatevs? I'd love to know if that's a real correlation or if it's just me and Elsie. Oh, my God. That would be so funny because here, here's this other correlation, too. There's the people who just can't deal with show notes, can't even deal with show notes. Like, what, <laughs> I wonder what, what that looks like. The people who just don't even have show notes. Those are the people that are ranting in the airport because their plane is late, I bet. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. But you're totally right. Those are the people that are ranting about Obama and ranting about their husband and wife and ranting about standing in line at the DMV. Those are the ranters. If you can't deal with your show notes, I'm guessing you're a ranter. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Perfect. That's so good. Oh my God. It's funny. So I think that you summed it up perfectly here that you're just like, whatever, put put the mic on and start talking. Whereas I'm, I need, you summed it up perfectly. I need to have a plan. I need to have this, this, and this. And there's a reason why I'm getting back behind the mic. There's a reason why I want to reach out. And like, there's a reason that I'm going to be on Periscope. It's not just going to be because, just because. Hey, let's Mm -hmm, just all hang out and do this. Exactamundo. I love that. So ladies, send us, ladies and gent, because we had, we've been having, you need to have a a male point of view in every episode. And yes. So, and big shout out to Making Dad. Making Dad, we love your show. I love your show. I don't know if Jess loves your show, but I love your show as a she podcaster. I'm a big fan of Making Dad. You guys are doing a fantastic job on the other side of things. I think she podcasts and Making Dad kind of like, you know, are kind of sides of the same coin in some way. But thank you so much, everybody, for, for listening. Is there, and then Jess, can you tell us what's going on with the LinkedIn webinar again? What's the date on that? Yes, that is on September 30th. So if you can sign up now, it is shepodcast.com forward slash LinkedIn webinar. And once again, it's going to be about how to take your podcasting experience and utilize it and talk about it on LinkedIn, which is something that completely eludes me. Um, and Karen Yankovic is going to be helping us with that. She's a LinkedIn speaker and a f- podcaster, future podcaster. Shepodcast.com forward slash LinkedIn webinar. Also, thank you to Jury Freeman of connectepic.com for sponsoring today's episode. Also, if you missed the Clamor webinar last week, you can go to shepodcast.com forward slash shop and pick it up for a very low price. Also, follow us on Twitter at ShePodcast and join our group at ShePodcast.com forward slash group. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash ShePodcast. I know no one has written anything down that I just said, but that's okay. Of course. They can look in the show notes because... Was it too much? Was it all too much? No. And I bullet them and they're there for you because they're directed and they have meaning. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. All right, so we will talk with you all next week. Hopefully my nose won't be plugged by then. So, yay. Yes, let's hope. Bye. Bye-bye. Love you, mean it.